Welcome to the latest edition of Northmore's Fulbright Regulation Tomorrow podcast, where we explore the latest developments in risk and regulation. And this is part of the series of podcasts on the Financial Services and Markets Bill. And I'm delighted to welcome Glenn Hall to accompany me today. He is the head of our um, GRPP, Government Relations and um, Public Policy Practice, uh, the global head. Uh, Glenn has a very interesting career history. He was a corporate partner for many years in the practice. Uh, he then went off to become a special advisor to Greg Clark, uh, Secretary of State, and uh, you know, had a fascinating time in Whitehall and has since come back to us onto the private practice side of the Fed. So um, really wanted to get Glenn's views on the macro political developments related to the bill. A very interesting time in British politics, as I think everyone will be aware. So without further ado, I wanted to sort of get into the sort of key issues. And just before turning over to you, Glenn, oh, sorry, my name is Jonathan Herbst. I'm the Global Head of Financial Services, for those who don't know me. Before coming over to you, Glenn, um, I just wanted to sort of touch on, from my perspective, some of the political drivers of the bill as a sort of technician. It's quite a complicated bill to work out because, you know, sort of macro, macro, at one level, deregulation is a motivator. Um, and it's been much talked of recently, in particular, for example, on some of the MIFID reforms that are in the bill. But I think the, the sort of main point to note is there's a great deal of other material in there, much of which actually is around, you know, restructuring the powers given the fact that European uh, regulation has stopped and now all of that power comes into the domestic arena. So there's a, there's a whole package of uh, balance of powers stuff between Treasury, FCA and, and PRA. And secondly, there's actually a fair amount of increase of regulation, particularly in relation to fintech and certain of the other areas. So all I would say is, as a technician's perspective, and I'll come on to the broader political side with, with you in a minute, uh, Glenn, um, but for a sort of my end of the world, it's not a simple picture, and there's a lot to watch in this bill, and lots of new powers for the regulators. But perhaps with that is enough. We've done lots of other podcasts on the more technical side of the bill. Coming over to you, Glenn, perhaps you could sort of talk a little bit around the political drivers as you see it behind the bill. Yes, well, thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you for that that kind introduction. I yes, I wanted to sort of uh, zoom out a little bit. You know, you you've you've touched on some of the sort of technical political aspects of, of, uh, uh, of the new bill but I wanted to sort of come out a little bit and perhaps contextualize the politics of the new bill in a, in a broader political environment and how it can be seen as an example of some broader trends and there's sort of three or four points I wanted to pick out the first point which is which is ob an obvious one is an, and there's an important reason for the bill and many aspects of the bill deal with it is is brexit as we all know uh on brexit the existing eu legislation including in relation to financial services was onshored and we continued as we had before but this is now an opportunity for the government to to rethink that but of course it's not just about brexit i think we can see aspects of the bill uh as part of a much longer and broader trend for a more muscular political approach to business. The third sort of broad political theme I wanted to touch on was there are obviously parts of the bill which are included to address particular issues which have caused or have the potential to cause 
political controversy or, or scandal, for example, protecting against authorised push payment scams, access to cash. And that's a very interesting theme in, in regulation, not just in financial services, but it's a, it's a good example of what you might call a regulation by scandal. This is something that's happened throughout the world over many decades. And I think an interesting area to keep an eye on in that regard, which obviously is also touched on in the bill, is the way in which crypto and fintech are regulated. If you see a, a scandal in relation to cryptocurrencies, you could certainly see a much more accelerated rate of regulation for, for that sector. And then the final point I wanted to make related to um, the, the extent to which aspects of the bill play into broader political themes of the government. So net zero, desire for innovation, international competitiveness, post-Brexit Britain, and domestic competition there. Themes which you can see across the piece of government policy which have been included in draft bill as secondary objectives. So I think seeing those three or four broad themes come out in, in the draft financial services market bill is, is, is part of a much broader trend that you see other pieces of legislation currently being proposed by the government. Well, thanks, Glenn. There's, there's a lot I'd like to bite off there. Perhaps if we just take three, um, you know, more, more quick fire kind of areas. I mean, the first you touched on the callback power, power direction, as I tend to refer to it, which is much discussed in the media at the moment. Uh, you know, what, what do you think about the politics of a balance of power? Uh, and with your inside sort of um, knowledge from your previous experience, do you have any sort of perhaps advice for politicians or, or uh, policymakers on that? Well, it's a very interesting one, Jonathan. I mean, we saw this come up so many times when I was working for Greg Clark in the business department in a, in a slightly different context, but the principles are the same. Because on the one hand, things go wrong, whether that's say Carillion scan auditing scandals around Carillion, you get um, um, significant increases in energy prices. And this was the case, there's a controversy about this four years ago, way before the current problems. Uh, which are on a different scale, but, but the same thing. And then sort of something must be doneism uh, comes along, whether of course in the press, in parliament, the government secretary of state must do something about that. And the political pressure and the media pressure to do so are, are very difficult um, to resist. We can see this at the moment in the context of, of energy bills. So on the one hand, there's that pressure on the politicians um, to take action. Structurally, the sort of advantage that politicians have had looking at it from the other side over the last several decades is, as a consequence of those reforms I mentioned earlier in the 80s, a lot of those powers were taken out of the politicians' hands and were put in the hands of the, of the independent regulators, whether that's the Bank of England, which is obviously a very hot topic at the moment, or whether that's the CMA, or whether it's whatever the current structure of the financial regulators is or Ofgem or whoever it is, um, which gives the politicians at least some uh, protection from political criticism. But the way in which the political mood is moving, it's not really sufficient. So I think the pressures to take back some of these powers so they can be used, whether it's intervening in M&A deals on national security grounds or whether it's question marks over the future independence of the Monetary Policy Committee Bank of England, or whether it's the way in which financial services regulation will be made in the future under this new bill, uh, I think we're going to move into a slightly different era. But the big danger for the politicians, of course, is, is um, 
you have that the, the, the famous saying, you know, Lord may be chased, but just not yet. Once you have that power, and therefore can be directly criticised if you don't exercise it, politicians may find they've actually created a context in which they can be subject to even greater criticism than, than under the old regime. Uh, fascinating, and uh, that's the old, the absolute dilemma of policymakers. Well, on that theme, two quick questions to finish. I mean, the first is, you know, where are Labour at on all of this? Obviously, very topical at the moment. Do you want to just sort of comment on that? Yes, I mean, that's very interesting. And at the moment, we haven't, we're yet to see any detailed response um, to the specific provisions of the bill from the Labour Party. There's a couple of interesting things at the, the Shadow Chancellor or the Shadow um, City Minister um, have said. So on the one hand, they've made it clear they wish to attempt to negotiate equivalence in more areas with the EU, but they've also made statements about opportunities for regulatory divergence as a consequence of Brexit, for example, in, in fintech. And I think one thing to, to, to watch for, uh, it'll be very interesting to see what amendments, if any, their Labour uh, propose as the bill goes through Parliament over the next 12 months. And that will give us a clue to their approach uh, if they win the next general election. And one would expect link for that for the Shadow Chancellor probably to make um, set peace speech about at some point in the next election about how they see uh, their approach to financial services regulations of the city more generally and of course we'll have the manifestos themselves. Thanks Glenn that's uh, that's fascinating and so coming back to the present let's you know two weeks time new prime minister new quotes government uh, same party the new government um, you know, there's a lot of talk around what's it going to do to the bill, what does it mean, there's, there's been this stuff in the press around going back to a single regulator, you know, what do you think about all of that, what do you think the likely impact is going to be as far as you can tell? Well, um, I mean, the first thing to say is, as I said uh, earlier, both candidates for the um, Conservative leadership have said they will include the, the call-in power or the power of directions, you termed it, Jonathan, so we, we're certainly going to see see that. I, I think part of the answer to that question uh, relates to the, the nature of public policy making itself. You know, how is policy really made? You know, a huge, particularly in a, in a very complex, very technical area like financial services, where the role of experts does still have a significant, uh, a significant role to play. Um, you know, a huge amount of time and effort has gone into preparing this bill, several conversations, and it's just the start of a long process um, and the bill I think and the rules and policy choices and the divisions of powers between institutions that are going to be made in the future pursuant to it that's going to provide the context within future battles and and choices will be will be fought over and, and made rather than just providing an answer today and I think you really have to distinguish um, in this specific context context of a leadership leadership campaign between sort of brief statements of points of dividing lines which a candidate may make in the context of this debate perhaps influenced by their own private advisors and a sort of hard slog of policy making through engagement with treasury officials and the staff of the regulators plus undoubtedly the influence of uh, some very experienced and well-informed members of the lords will have in in committee um, and I think it depends uh, what happens in the broader political context over the next year or two. You know, there's a heck of a lot going on in the economy, a lot of pressures on the new prime minister on inflation, 
uh, energy prices and a whole range of issues. And those events and other priorities will, in, will intrude and the political weather can, can change rapidly. Uh, and there clearly is a desire amongst these uh, trust and their supporters and that wing of the Conservative Party uh, to move in a, in a, in a deregulatory agenda, uh, direction, whether or not that will survive the reality of events and the complexity of policymaking process, well, we'll see. But it's certainly something we all need to keep a weather eye on over the next uh, few months and years in the lead up to the election. Well, thanks, Glenn. I think we could probably carry this one on for uh, some hours, but we will we will spare everyone that. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, really want to thank everyone for listening in. And uh, we're carrying on our um, selection of more technical broadcasts on the bill. We've got another couple hopefully coming out in the next two or three weeks. So uh, do listen in and uh, we look forward to welcoming you back on future occasions. Thanks, Glenn, very much. Pleasure, Jonathan. Thank you.